Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm your host, Randy Wartelski, and I'm so glad you're joining us here today on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's been just about three months now since the devastating waves of water hit our towns inland and on the beach. Since Hurricane Sandy's arrival on October 22nd, many of us have been picking up the pieces, literally. Some of us are not back in our homes yet. Others have started reconstructing their living rooms, dining rooms, and basements, and still others have relocated, trying to figure out their next step. Maybe by now you've replaced the car that washed away or the dollhouse you had to throw out. But one thing is for sure. Unfortunately, the need for help is still great. Moreover, the need for funds is even greater. Through various organizations, generous and talented people are donating their time and money to Hurricane Sandy Relief, but there is still a need for more. And now four well-known talents are getting together to fuse their love of cupcakes and charity at this Sunday's first ever Kosher Cupcake Bake Off. Later in the show, you'll hear from blogger Esty Berkowitz and why she wants you to eat cupcakes this Sunday. But first, what is the status of those in need? How real is the recovery process in Long Island? With us is legislator Howard Coppell. Howard J. Coppell is serving his second term as legislator for the 7th District, which includes the five towns, Bay Park, Island Park, North Woodmere, Millbrook, and parts of Oceanside and East Rockaway. Mr. Coppell, thanks so much for joining us here on Something to Talk About. My pleasure. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So just looking at the counties and the areas that you serve, it seems like your areas were pretty hard hit. Uh, my areas were among the worst hit. Uh, there's there's just one other legislator who had an area that was probably just as badly hit, and that would have been in the uh, covering uh, uh, Long Beach. And what do you see is the current state in your area of those victims now? Well, there's some uh, there's some heartbreaking things that are going on. I mean, there 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 are many people who are uh, uh, simply driven out of their homes, and they don't have the resources uh, uh, to recover. And uh, we're just hopeful that, that this new federal package that was just passed uh, a couple days back uh, is going to uh, provide some relief to these poor people. What, what have people been doing who haven't been able to go back to their homes or whose homes have been deemed unlivable? Well, as... as some people have had, uh, have had uh, relatives and friends with whom they've just moved in. I've seen some, I've seen some very heartwarming, absolutely wonderful uh, reactions by, uh, by neighbors. People just came together and helped each other. And uh, as terrible as the tragedy was, uh, there were some really nice things that I've seen out there. So some people have that. Some people really have nowhere to go, and they're just sitting there in, in cold homes. They're sitting there in, in, in homes without heat, uh, someplace, sometimes without electric still, and uh, it's, it's, it's a rough situation. Yeah, I rec- most, pe- most people, thankfully, have, uh, have uh, gotten beyond that, but not everyone. I recently did just hear a story of a family that had to move out of their home in Oceanside, Finally, were able to move back a couple of weeks ago, and now they found mold in their basement. 
Yes, mold, mold is a very insidious problem. You, you may not see it, and sometimes it's hiding behind the walls. And uh, people who are not careful uh, had that problem. I, I, I know that I had some once, and it, uh, uh, we had to uh, virtually rip apart our basement. It was, it was, it was not fun. What, so, is, uh, what has your yeah. office been doing to help people? Well, what we simply can do, what, we, what we've been doing is, is connect people with, uh, with, with the proper agencies that can provide some help, and that's uh, sometimes the federal government, sometimes uh, Nassau County, sometimes uh, the town of Hempstead. There are some private agencies. Uh, there was one person in uh, Oceanside, as a matter of fact, who uh, a single parent uh, who, was, who was in very unhappy straits, and uh, we were able to get her a, uh, a boiler, a boiler and a, a hot water heater wow. uh, through a private through a private organization. And it's it's just a matter of being a clearinghouse. That's what we can do. And that's what we try to do. And are you finding that people are having trouble, like navigating the process? I mean, I know I have friends who have been in constant contact with their insurance adjusters and you know, kind of waiting to hear about how much money they're going to get from their coverage plan or, or whatever it is, and, and I guess sort of waiting to take the next step until they know how much coverage they're going to get. You know, I'd love to hear from some of those people. Uh, the insurance companies, uh, some of them are reacting in a, in a very uh, good way, and they're, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and some of them are really acting in a reprehensible way. They're they're just uh, how so any, any any excuse to to avoid paying and to avoid doing what they need to do. Uh, may I give my phone number out? Sure. My office number. Sure. Uh, I would encourage people to call my office, and that would be five one six five seven one six two zero seven five seven one six two zero seven. We can't always help, but I, I I'd certainly love to hear about uh, these insurance problems or any other problems. I mean, sometimes we we. Sometimes we can make a phone call and, and, and untangle some knots. What have people been bringing to your attention? Well, things like uh, th- things like uh, the insurance companies, such as, you, as you've described, uh, sometimes uh, uh, it's, it's just a matter of, well, there was enormous problems getting the electricity turned on, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, the electric company hereabouts is, uh, is just awful. So there are still uh, people that are living without electricity? There are some people that are still living. Not not too many, thankfully, but, but I'll, I'll tell you how far it goes. I, I just uh, am, am in the process of installing a generator uh, for my home because I don't trust them anymore. Mm-hmm. Would you say and, that that's something that people should think about doing? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of expensive. Uh, but if you can... Uh, do it, and if you can't uh, afford a, gener- a, a full house generator, uh, you can buy a, you can buy a, a standby thing for a few hundred dollars, and uh, at least, hopefully, if you've got some knowledge, you can you can get your heat running and and uh, and your a couple of lights. If, if you're in bad shape, you should have at least that much. I think it's a it's a it's a uh, a wise precaution to take. Right, right. I have um, an indelible imprint in my head of the streets of Long Island with people's entire contents of their homes on the street sort of waiting to be picked up for garbage. Yeah. What will you see now if you drive through the streets in your area? Well, 
I, I, we're very lucky. Most of my area is served by uh, Sanitation District 1. Uh, Long Island, as, as, as you probably know, is, is split into oh, a gazillion different uh, governmental districts. We've got villages and towns and the county and uh, school districts and, and God knows what else. But we've also got garbage districts. We happen to have a very good one. And Sanitation 1 uh, did absolutely heroic work. Not all governmental units do, but they did absolutely heroic work. They cleaned it up really quickly. There were some areas that I've seen that, that uh, uh, were not served by Sanitation 1, and they were not as fortunate. Uh, they had piles of, of this rubble uh, out there for, uh, for a very long time. What well, about think, the uh, streetlights? I think now, I think now, I think now uh, you, you won't find it that much. You will find some people who are still putting things out, of course, and, and that will take a day or two to get get it picked up in the usual course. Um, what about streetlights? I know that there were... Um, I have a friend who's from Long Beach who said that there was one particular intersection, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago, where the uh, the streetlights were still sort of spotty and yeah. uh, there were accidents. That, 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 once again, that goes back to, uh, to WIPA, to the, to the power company. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, for for a while there it was it was absolutely terrifying because uh, you would drive through intersections that were that were really really busy and uh, there was there were no controls there and and uh, there were some people who were uh, who were brave and there were some people who were nuts and uh, uh, they were just going uh, through these intersections practically with their eyes closed it, it it was a really scary thing to see. And um, I know that, that my office and, and I were, were, were constantly on the phone just begging people to come and install even temporary lights. Uh, this was a real, I, I think it was miraculous that people didn't get killed. Wow. Thank God for that. We are talking with legislator Howard Coppell of the 7th District, which includes five towns, Bay Park, Island Park, North Woodmere, Millbrook, and parts of Oceanside and East Rockaway. Mr. Coppell, what is the greatest need in your area right now? I think it's, it's you're still talking about Sandy, I assume, right? Yeah. And uh, I think the greatest need is, is for this, this federal money to start flowing. I think we need to uh, uh, help those people who are unfortunately unable to help themselves. I think that uh, uh, some of the infrastructure, and this is a very critical one, uh, has to be rebuilt, and, and not only rebuilt, but built... Uh, in such a way that uh, uh, that the next storm uh, doesn't uh, doesn't do the same thing. I mean, uh, we know that uh, uh, this was characterized as a once in a hundred years, a once in a lifetime storm. But we also know that if it's happened once, it can happen again. Right. And uh, it might happen again. And uh, people don't like don't like to talk about it, but there's something called the, the sewage plant, the Bay Park sewage plant, that serves most of southwestern Nassau County. We don't like to talk about it because who likes to talk about sewage? It's unglamorous at best. But if it stops working, uh, we're in trouble. Right. And um, that plant was drowned. I mean, it it was really wrecked. And uh, once again, through some heroic efforts, uh, the county was able to get it up and running again. Probably fairly quickly. It needs to be rebuilt, and that the sewage thing needs almost a billion dollars. Wow. Almost a billion dollars. And none of the local governments are equipped to do that. Wow. Nobody has those kind of resources. Just the federal government has it. 
What do you think about the fifteen, the fifty billion dollar Hurricane Sandy relief bill that was approved this week? Well, I think it was a little bit small, a little, a lot late. It was, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it to be sure, but uh, it was disgraceful that uh, uh, that people in in my party, I'm ashamed to say, in the Republican Party. Uh, refuse to, to, to let that go through uh, just because we're in the New York City area. And uh, there's just a real discrimination against our part of the country. When they had these other natural disasters, everybody jumped and provided the aid. And guess what? That aid came from us. We're entitled to it, too, when, when it's our turn. Right. And I, I hope we don't need it again, but we're Americans, too, just like everybody else. We should be getting this aid. And what's your sense of how much of that $50 billion would actually come to our neighbors' homes in Long Island? I can't say. I really can't. It's, 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 I don't really know. I, I just hope it'll be enough. I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, uh, that we certainly that we get the money to rebuild that, 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 that infrastructure that was destroyed. Uh, and, uh, and, and also to, hope, to help those people who can't help themselves. Uh, because otherwise, we're just going to have neighborhoods that are that are empty, and that's not good for anyone. Right, right. What do you see as the the long term, say, emotional effects that you're seeing amongst your constituents? Well, there are people who are ready to live, pick up and leave. Right, they they've had enough, and I, I understand that. But yes, I have heard that from, know, from friends yeah, who but, just but you know, they don't want to go home. You're going to. I think that'll pass. I really do. I think that. Uh, the temptation is to, is to just go somewhere else. And if you go to Florida, you've got hurricanes. And if you go to California, you've got earthquakes. And God willing, this, this, this will be once in a lifetime. And uh, if it happens again, it happens again. But nobody got killed that I know from it. And, uh, and we can live through it. We, we've done it, and uh, people help each other, and we're strong, and we can live through it. So um, I'm, hopeful. I'm hopeful that people will stick around. Right. It's a nice place. It's a nice place to live. Oh yes, that's why so many people live there, right? Correct. Sure. Legislator Copel urges you to call him with um, if you need help navigating any of this recovery process. And uh, he gave out his number earlier: five one six five seven one six two zero seven. Is there an email address for you? Sure. It's H K O P E L. There's one K one O one P one E one L. I have the abridged version, uh, and that's at Nassau County, NY, dot G-O-V. N-A-S-S-A-U, C-O-U-N-T-Y, N-Y, dot G-O-V. Thank and you. if you can't find it, if you, if you don't write it down in time, don't worry about it. Just look up Nassau County on the Internet. Just Google it, and uh, you'll find me there. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for your time, and... Good luck with the rebuilding process, and I'm sure that uh, our neighbors all around are here to help however we can. Thank you. We're going to take a short break and be back right after this. You're listening to Something to Talk About on the Nahum Siegel Network.
Gam Kielach, a beautiful selection from Arie Kunstler, coming to you right here from the Nachum Siegel studio at the Nachum Siegel Network. You just heard from legislator Howard Coppell of the 7th District in Long Island, covering many areas devastated by Hurricane Sandy. And he was talking about the recovery process post-Hurricane Sandy and how important the money is. And uh, here with us right now, is blogger Esty Berkowitz. Esty is the co-founder of SweetUp, which together with partner Abby Wolin aims to bring Jewish bloggers together with brands that can share and network together. And networking she is doing. Esty, thanks so much for joining us here on Something to Talk About. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Tell me about this big event you have planned for Sunday. Yes, this is such a fun event. It is going to be the very first Kosher Cupcake Bake Off taking place at Breezy's, which is located in the five towns. It's in Cedarhurst. And we have four 
cupcake bakers, and they are going to compete against each other for the best-looking and best-tasting best cupcake, and I'm just thrilled. So I'm, how does the bake-off work? So what happens is um, our contestants are being sent secret ingredients as we speak. I can't tell you what they are. Meaning ingredients <laughs> secret from the cupcakes. public. What? Ingredients that are secret from the public. Yes, yes. Um, and they will be getting them because they might listen to the show tomorrow and we don't want them to know what they are. And what they're going to have to do is incorporate those into one of their best-tasting cupcake recipes. They're going to then bring their cupcakes to Breezy's on Sunday, and we are going to have a, an array of decorating utensils, items, you name it, and give them a theme, which I also can't tell you yet. So the competition is about them having a limited amount of time, which is 45 minutes, to make cupcakes that will win over our judges. So I'm thinking you're going to send them, like, jalapeno, pepper, flakes to put in their cupcakes and yummy stuff like that? You know, uh, hot and spicy has come to our minds. It could be. It could be very sweet. It could be very gushy. They will be um, working with these items, and we are just we just can't wait wait to see what and taste what they're going to come up with. So people need to show up on Sunday. Yes, at Breezy's. And who are our contestants? So we have four different contestants coming to join us, and I don't know if you've heard of them, but we have Little Miss Cakes. Okay. Cake my cake my breath away. And cake a bite. And the other one, I'm just going to double check with you, which is a newer one to join us. But all of these uh, contestants are just talented in their own right, and they all have beautiful Facebook pages and Pinterest pages that just make you want to jump in and take a bite of what they're making. And these are professional bakers? These are actually bakers that do sell, um, and they are professional, yes. They're most, and they're also entrepreneurs. We wanted to find people who may not have their own, you know, like Magnolia Bakery yet or Sprinkles, but they're on their way. So, Esty, the idea was to bring together cupcakes and charity. How does this event raise money, and what are you raising money for? So, um, as you know, I am a blogger and social media enthusiast, and every time I work on events, I, I try to pull in a component of giving back to the community. So what happened with this event is that, you know, of course, we're still uh, on the recovery from Hurricane Sandy, and with that, organizations like Achiezer come to mind, and they're also based in the area near where we are having our event. So, of course, putting that together in this event and selling raffle tickets, which a portion of the proceeds will go to the Achiezer Hurricane Sandy Fund, was just a perfect blend of putting the fund back in fundraising. And they can buy a raffle ticket at the event? Well, we're selling raffle tickets online, and we are almost sold out. Actually, we sold out of our VIP tickets, which were $36 per ticket. And with that, we had uh, four raffle tickets and then going down, you know, to $18, two raffle tickets down to $9 for one raffle ticket. And with that, we have some wonderful prizes, of course, um, and we're not going to let anybody go home hungry. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, that was my next question, that what happens to the cupcakes once they get baked? Yes. Well, we people may be fighting for the cupcakes, but after our judges have had the opportunity to taste them, uh, we are hoping we will have enough to go around. But if that's not the case, we are going to have each contestant was required to bring two additional desserts to display and have out for all of our attendees. And were there any guidelines with those desserts? Nothing, no. Just no peanuts and no dairy. Again, this is an event to show that a cupcake can be delicious and dairy-free. So that is also something. And no peanuts. And who is going to be the judge at this event? Well, right now we've announced publicly three of our judges, and I can share that with you. We have Jamie Geller of Joy of Kosher Magazine and founder of Kosher Media Network. She will be there as actually our, she's going to be our MC for the afternoon, kind of greeting everybody, and then she will be one of the judges. Jamie Geller, who was... Alessandra Ravati of Dinner in Venice, a very popular chef and mom, which we like as well. Um, and she is going to be judging. And then tonight we released that Bobby Lloyd of Magnolia Bakery is going to be wow. one of our judges. And what kind of turnout are you expecting or hoping for? We're expecting about 100 people. And if we get a few more last-minute people that want to put fun and fundraising and come, we could possibly squeeze them in. But all of our VIP raffle tickets have been sold at this point. And how did you come up with this idea of a cupcake bake-off? Where did that come from? So it actually stemmed from one of the creators of this event is actually out of Chicago, but a social media strategist just has been using Twitter since it started. Her name is Beth Rosen of Four Keys Media, and she was at our social media dinner, which we had the night before Kosher Fest, and she said, you know what, let's, let's do something together. Let's do a Kosher Cupcake Bake Off, and let's announce it tonight. And sure enough, we did, and we had people coming right away to say, we want to be a part of this. We're talking with blogger Esty Berkowitz, the co-founder of Sweet Up, who is together with a team of people running an event this Sunday at Breezy's on, um, what's, what's the street that it's on in, Long- in it's Cedarhurst? It's on Central Avenue. On Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. And what time is your event if people want to stop by? The event is going to start at 2 o'clock, and we're going to go until 5 o'clock. And uh, tell us about some of the, the team members that are working with you on this project. Of course. Well, we have Abby Wollen of Not Too Shabby. She's also, you know, an art and crafty mom. She makes beautiful pieces. And she also is a social media person. And that's why the whole idea came up, to connect people like us together with other like-minded people who are entrepreneurs, who are moms, and who have something they want to bring to the public. And also we have Breezy Beckerman, who is the owner of Breezy's, and she has offered us her space and a lot of her materials in her store. And as I said, she is right there on Central Avenue. And all of that her. came together the night before Kosher Fest. This came together actually after Kosher Fest. We really have been working the last couple months on just tying in all the different pieces. And of course, Jamie Geller, who is coming into town was able to be our MC, and we're just so fortunate because she's just such a name in the world of food and also kosher food, but, you know, making it mainstream appeal, which is what we also try to do with the brands around 
people in the kosher world because we love great things, we love great food, and why can't it be kosher? It can. Right. I was going to say earlier also that Jamie Geller, I saw, was recently featured um, as an, or- an Orthodox all-star. Yes, 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 with Allison Joseph, a Jew in the city. And that's another reason we're all, we're all connecting with each other at different events. Um, and we're all helping build each other's brand and get our messages out via social media channels like Twitter and Facebook. And that's really why I started my blog, because I wanted kind of a voice. I didn't find a voice that was like a kosher mom who had to deal with, you know, not going to events over Shabbat and also had to deal with going to like mainstream places like Disney World and figuring out how to be kosher, keep kosher there. It's so interesting that you say that because coming off of, you know, winter vacation, um, so many people were traveling and schlepping pots and pans and food along with them and, you know, asking in various places where they were staying, you know, do you have a refrigerator? Do you have this? And, and it can be very challenging to travel it, when you are kosher. It is very challenging. And I had the opportunity, I was invited to attend the grand opening of the new Fantasyland. And I was the only kosher person from the press at the event. <laughs> But Disney World does accommodate. Um, they do have food that they provide, and you can get it there. But not everybody knows this unless you actually either go yourself or you do the research. But it's my, you know, one of my goals is to bring this information to all the people that are, wow, you know, I didn't know about that. I didn't know. Right. So, so it, what's ma- so it makes in- me feel good. What's so interesting about, you know, what you're calling social media outlets is the speed in which you can get your message out and the total explosion that can occur once you get a message out. Have you found that once you started publicizing your event on Sunday through um, the various outlets that you used? Did you find that people were very responsive right away? Yes. In fact, you know, using online invitation um, platforms like Eventbrite, that's how we have people signing up. It's all through Eventbrite. And on Eventbrite, you can share, you can like, you can put it on LinkedIn. And every time you build your networks via offline events or online in our communities, it just grows. And we really, we were just blown away by the response and so thankful at the ways different groups on Facebook, like Joy of Kosher shared it, Breezy shared it, I shared it, our friends liked it who are in the space. So it reaches all of those people, and it's just such a nice thing. And that's what we wanted to build with Sweet Up was that whole type of community of sharing of like, you're doing an event, and I would like, if I can't go, I'm just I'm going to share it also because I believe in what you're doing. I'm curious to know how you came up with the name Sweet Up. Well, Sweet Up is actually a kind of play on the word called Tweet Up, which is what people, you know, call gatherings when they get together and they put together a hashtag or the number sign next to a title of what the event is. For example, our hashtag is Kosher Cupcake. So Tweet Ups were happening quite often um, when I was first getting into Twitter, and they still are. So everybody, like I said, when there's an event, we put a hashtag. So we said, why don't we call it Sweet Up? Because we're going to be always doing things that hopefully have a sweet message to them and are also going to be giving back to the community. And is there a website or a link where people could find out more information about the Kosher Cupcake Bake Off? Absolutely, absolutely. If you go onto Facebook and you put up Sweet Up, Sweet Up Group, we have a very active group there, and all the information about Sweet Up 
is being posted, our announcements of who our judges are. So that's Facebook, you know, go to Facebook and put in Sweet Up and Group. And that's where we're the most active because that's really where everybody is all the time, you know, with smartphones and everything like that. Yeah, I have to say, I recently upgraded to a, a smart smartphone and I have been engaging in more social media activity than I did before. Yes, yes. And that's, that's, that's really what the goal is. And that's why so many brands are liking to connect with the bloggers because they know that when there's an event and there's a new spatula that we're also going to be featuring at our event, there's going to be Instagram, there's going to be Facebook shares, and there's going to be Twitter. And then we're reaching so many people. Right, so it's no, the question of will there be video there is no longer a necessary question because you're going to have that instantaneous re- representation of the event right then and there. Absolutely. Everything's going to be, as it's happening, it's going to be live. It's going to be shared via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. And that's what, that's what the bloggers like to do. <laughs> and, of course, the goal of the event is to raise money for such a worthy cause for to raise money for the victims of Hurricane Sandy in our area. And uh, what kinds of other events, uh, charity-raising events, have you been involved in? Well, in November, uh, Sweet Up put together the second annual social media dinner, and with that we had a portion of the proceeds go to Maspia. And, of course, Maspia, which is headed by Alex Rappaport, um, has really, from the time you know, Sandy hit, he was out there providing meals to all the workers, you know, not just the people who were affected, but the workers as well. So he came to our last event and he spoke about the work he's been doing. Um, another group I work with is called Trumpeting Media, and it's with three other influential mom bloggers. And over the summer, we put together an event where we gave proceeds back to different organizations feeding the hungry, because like I said, every time that we work with the brand, we say, what can we do to give back to the community? So those are three recent events, and it just is going to continue with these type of activities going forward. It sounds like most of your events have something to do with food. Is that, <laughs> is that on purpose? I think it is, because, you know, food, you know, has a lot of good meaning behind it, and if you can... Uh, talk about it, and especially kosher food, you know, because a lot of people are still not so sure that something kosher could be delicious. And um, as the trends in kosher increase and more people are buying kosher because of safety reasons, we want to say, well, it's not just safe, it's delicious. So I think it's on purpose, I have to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, Esty, if you could stick around for a couple of minutes, we're just going to take a short break, and um, we're going to come back right after this. Stick around. Okay. Simcha 
we're back here on something to talk about at the Nachum Siegel Network, and we're talking with Esty Berkowitz. We began this conversation with Esty talking about a fundraiser that she's planning for this coming Sunday at Breezy's on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. It is the first ever kosher cupcake bake-off featuring four very talented chefs going head-to-head with their cupcake creations. And the community is invited to buy raffle tickets and attend the event, all in efforts to raise money for those in need after Hurricane Sandy in our area. We're going to move away for a moment and just talk now about Esty. Esty is very interesting because she is a blogger and she blogs about many different topics. And one of the topics that came out from her blog was the division Sweet Up, which is running this event. But Esty, tell us about your, I guess, parent company head where your blog really stemmed from. Right. Well, the, the, the whole blog started with a, the name Primetime Parenting, being that I am an older mom. I got married after 35. I also decided to change my whole way of eating. So it's how I found a, a kosher food, a husband, and had kids after 35, which is all true. I want to be an inspiration. And along my journey of attending events and really networking, I have had some really amazing opportunities come my way including some really exotic travel experiences. <laughs> yes, you recently had an opportunity to go to Jamaica. Oh, right. Like uh, this past May, I went to a Sesame Street event. It was Elmo's birthday party. He was three and a half. And we were invited to go to Negril, Jamaica, to the Beaches Resort for um, a weekend to experience what it's like there. And also, I didn't know this, but Sesame Street has a kids' camp at the Negril, Jamaica Resort. And who's inviting you to these events? Basically, it is the PR firms that work with the brands. So when they see... How do they find you? I'm sorry? How do they find you? They find us by different... And that's part of the whole networking. That's why I'm so sweet of could do this for our group of bloggers, being that once you meet a blogger and you become friends online and offline, they'll think of you. Or you could say, look, I want to get more involved. I want to work with Sesame Street or I want to work with Walt Disney World. If you go to something, could, would you like take me along? And then it's your opportunity to kind of sell yourself, to give your elevator pitch. And if they find it, oh, I want that person to write about what we're doing or where we're going. It's important that I reach that market. Then it's the beginning of a great relationship. Right. So I'm not a blogger, but when you go to Disney World, will you take me along? <laughs> I got a couple of kids who would love me kids. forever. Oh, gosh. You know, going to Walt Disney World as a VIP press person is something you wouldn't even imagine in your wildest dreams. I had to keep pinching myself, but it was just so amazing to be able to share this news. And I wrote about it for a magazine also called Project U, which is run by Beth Feldman. And she actually gave me the opportunity to go cover the event for her. And I was able to take um, two guests with me. I actually could have taken up to four guests. But I took my youngest son and my mother, and I wanted the perspective of a 70-plus person and a four-year-old person. Wow. You know, they say that seeing the world through the eyes of children is amazing you know, experiencing new things. It was. And I just, I felt like I got the bug. You know, I'm still, it's a month and a half after the event, and I'm still finding myself listening to the Disney classics on Pandora 
and just, you know, liking all their little posts on Facebook. And that's the kind of thing it does. It's like a merchandising uh, machine. And after that, of course, we have different things that come from these events. But I, what's really important if people are into blogging or they're starting a blog is to know that a lot of it is your offline connections that you make. And there are, being that we're in New York there's a lot of brands. There's a lot of events that come to town, the toy fair. You know, we just have so many opportunities. And that's why I say, you know, it's never too late to really do these things. I started at 35, you know, I start, you know, the whole new part of my life, getting married, having kids. But I also want to inspire people that it's never too late to really take an idea and really try to go with it. Where can people find your blog? My blog is www.prime timeparenting.com, meaning like late prime, you know, and um, it's also a great place for people who are interested about what a Jewish mom who keeps kosher and only blogs 24-6, what it's like. And how do you even find time in the 24-6, as you put it, to write? (laughs) Um, I find hopefully after the kids go to bed tonight, it's going to be a late night, but it's, it's usually early in the morning or late at night, and I think I... I wanted to let you know about the real, the real simple magazine article. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Which um, came through a friend, again, a PR person who said this might be good for you, and they selected me, and it's called the No Time Management Mom, and they had me re- record my schedule for like seven days, and they're like, okay. And then they, they wrote about like suggestions that would help me get more done because I was just like a spinning, you know, wheel not getting things done but it was nice to be featured in that magazine and what kind of suggestions did they give well they said to um, lay out clothes the night before Mm -hmm. which is definitely something I have incorporated into my life Mm -hmm. and as far as laundry wait a little bit longer instead of doing loads every day I just have a thing about laundry I I do it every day still (laughs) Well, I the problem is that if you wait, then it loads up and it's just torture because it's, right. it it's just too much. You know, from a molehill to a mountain. So, uh, One of the things that I found was a big time saver for me was making my kids' lunches the night before. But the, down, right. the downside mm-hmm. to that is that when they eat them, you know, midday the next day, <laughs> they're like, you know, they've been sitting in the fridge the whole night. They're not, <laughs> you know, so I don't know if that time saver was really like worth it sort of time saver. It might just be better to get up a little bit earlier in the morning. It depends on your kids. I know somebody who does live by that the night before. Everything gets done, even the snacks. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, what are some things that you can say to parents out there from your experience about, you know, tips or things that you think are important when raising young children? I think it's really important to give them incentives to want to act in a way that you would like them to. For example, we believe, and every day we have charts in the morning because we have to get up very early. So I make charts and smiley faces, and we have a reward system. And I really feel like you put those up on your refrigerator and you let them decorate the smiley face or get fun because I feel like there's a time for that, and it teaches them structure and the importance of finishing something. And then, of course, There's the times where we're just like, go ahead, like here's some paper and crayons and go crazy. So I think there's a great balance, but I think both are very important. And how do you balance work and family? It's difficult. Um, I think keeping charts for myself, (laughs) lots of notes everywhere. And really, if my kids are on schedule, I'm on schedule. If my kids aren't on schedule, then I'm behind. (laughs) 
So it's all about that. And of course, a husband who's a mensch. Thank God I married a guy who can cook. So that really helps. He makes all the food, even the challah. It's unbelievable. And as somebody who's so connected, uh, and I mean connected, you know, online, Twitter, Facebook, and, and all the various other social media things that you use, how do you find time to tear away from that when the need to be on those is so instantaneous? You know, it's a beautiful thing called Shabbos, and that's why I am free of everything, and I look for Shabbos every week, 26 hours, 25 hours of away from it and just concentrating, and I think that's how I'm able to do it because I have that break, and I think everybody, even if you don't observe Shabbat, it's so nice to turn off the phone, to turn down the computer, to unplug. That's what saves me. And, and the kids definitely appreciate that time from you. Absolutely, and it's all about them. It's all about sitting together, having the meal. How was your week? Tell me about what you learned. And, of course, when it's time to be with the kids, like right now my husband's downstairs manning the field, but after school it's all about that homework too. Like it, nothing is on if I, you know, if it's urgent, okay, but I really try to just sit down and do every bit of homework, sign off, and let them know that I'm here for them. Right. And, and in your work as a blogger and in your work, your professional work, you know, marketing and bringing brands together, do you find that the moms who are managing their full-time households and also managing their brands are almost better at time management than people who don't have a lot to manage? I think that they're, it may not be that they're better, but they may have more tools um, and experience. And something... I've learned a lot from is people who are teachers, actually. Um, I'm always looking to see how they do things because um, that's just a phenomenal resource. But I feel that they, they have, it's also very challenging, and especially the ones that don't turn off for Shabbat. I feel for them because they're, not, they're never getting a break. But, um, you know, it depends on the person, too. Before they were a blogger, how were they, you know, at their own time management? I feel like it's going to, like, creep into how they are and everything else. You know, it all starts with how you were before you started it all. Yeah, so, so before you became primetimeparenting.com, uh, was your experience as a writer? I actually worked in marketing at a corporate um, office in Chicago, um, and that experience kind of went to the side once I decided to focus on dating and get married. So I worked in the non-for-profit sector, but I believe it's that kind of working with brands and going to trade shows that once I was ready to go back and find a way to kind of channel that as a mom, it just worked perfectly. We're talking with Esty Berkowitz, very interesting um, story from Esty who blogs about parenting and other various issues. And as a result of that also, uh, is the founder, co-founder, along with her friend Abby Wolin of SweetUp. And um, they both together create a platform for brands to reach the Jewish network of bloggers, which is both diverse and cultural. Are you looking for more Jewish bloggers to join together with you? We would love more Jewish bloggers to join us. Absolutely. And if you're on Facebook, which most of us are, please join our SweetUp group. This is where we're having conversations. We're constantly promoting each other's events. If they have a new blog post up, we're all about sharing and expanding traffic in a way that's positive. 
And just rounding up back now, you know, we got a couple of minutes left to, you know, the 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 event that brought us together, which is your kosher cupcake bake off. What can people do to contribute if they can't make it to the event on Sunday or they can't get in? If people can't make it to the event, they can always volunteer, always go to achyezer.org and make a donation to the Hurricane Sandy Fund, which is right there on their page. If they love cupcakes and they really want to know a great store in the five towns, I would say go to Breezy's. And if you can't make it at all, you will see in the Shavuos issue of Joy of Kosher magazine, the winning cupcake contestant and their recipe will be featured. Oh, cool. All right. Well, Esty, thank you so much for joining us here on Something to Talk About. And we look forward to seeing all the pictures from your big event on Sunday. And once again, people can find out about that event by visiting your site, Sweet Up, on Facebook, right? And, yeah. they, can, yes. and they can reach you at primetimeparenting.com. Absolutely. And also, if you're on Twitter, you can follow me. And I'm at primetimeparent on Twitter. Thanks so much, Esty. And uh, to all our listeners, we do hope that you contribute to this event and that you help your neighbor in need who might be a victim of Hurricane Sandy. And today, we hope we've given you something to talk about right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. You can ride the stars or sail the seven seas You can cure the heart Or raise a family But no matter what Or where or who you are You have the power The power to be You can teach a child That love is evermore And when you see them smile Now your future's here, you spread your wings
the power. Let's give them some.